The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com. This is the Full Spectrum Podcast with Big Data and Maverick, available wherever you get your podcasts. Big Data, we're back again. It's episode 40. We've done it, buddy. We've done 40 episodes. We haven't killed each other. This is What a milestone. (laughs) I think COVID is actually to be thanked for this because we haven't seen each other face-to-face. And you know what? Our livers also say thank you because God knows if we got together, then, hey, there'd be a few more uh, uh, libations that that we would be intaking together. You know, it's so true. I know you've been drinking heavily because you haven't seen me. Uh, and for that, I apologize. Deeply. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, that's yes. That is exactly why my my wife keeps asking me, "What's wrong? What's happening to you?" I'm like, "I haven't seen Big Data in a while. Leave me alone." And I'll you know just walk off and wait for the week to go by so that we can hang out via audio wise, anyways. But uh, I want to. You know, I want to see the renovated uh, basement studio. Oh, buddy, it's something else. Listen, I, I've been waiting for a year. It's kind of weird that you haven't come because, yeah, you haven't seen it, and it's uh, it's looking pretty good. Not bad. I mean, dare I say it's been a year. I might have to renovate again. I don't know what's going to happen. we got to do some stuff here. Just clean it up for me, please. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> there is a few empty bottles. And P.S., does the uh, CEO, like, give me any tenant inducements? Will I get anything money back from the CEO for the improvements I've made? Well, I mean, monetary compensation, it's unlikely. Uh, but psychological compensation, he might give you he might give you a couple of kudos. Hey, I'll take anything I can from the CEO. I will take anything. Speaking of taking anything, the Major League Baseball, can we please start with a little baseball? Because just the other day, baseball they've let's let's say what let, let's say the truth here, big data. They've gone down that ugly hole again of controversy. You know, they're in that scandal mode again. Now, granted, a couple of years ago, back in 96 and the early 2000s of, of the Mark McGuire, the Sosa's, the Barry Bonds, the steroid thing made baseball relevant. People wanted to hear about it. People were interested. Then they cleaned it up, quote unquote, and baseball got a little boring. Well, guess what? Sports Illustrated a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, wrote an article and said, hey, how you doing? There's another scandal going on. This time it has to do with those pitchers. They're putting some uh, sticky things on the ball and they're making it a little harder for the hitters to do things and so on and so forth. So what does MLB do, Big Data? They say, hey, we're going we're gonna to implement the rule. Coming this week, already happened yesterday, we are going to check the pitchers throughout the innings. If a manager says, I'm going to check, uh, we need to check you, we got to check you, but right after you're done, we're checking your belt, your hat, your forehead, your glove, your hand, everything. And boy, have the pitchers revolted big data. They are, basically, they act like my kids do when I turn off the iPad. They're having <laughs> full, t- these are grown men having full tantrums on the field. Most of them start stripping mm-hmm. on the field. So the we had Sergio Romo. Ref came up. The ump came up to him, and right away, you know, he threw his 
glove down. He threw his hat down. He undid his belt buckle. He let his pants fall down. And he's like, search me wherever you want. And Max Scherzer was even more upset. Uh, There was some John going on between uh, the Phillies and the Nationals. Joe Girardi called for multiple checks of Matt Scherzer. And Max was, he was unhappy. So Max went pretty defensive. He just, he did the same thing. He started undoing his belt buckle. He was doing the whole nine yards. Uh, You know, obviously some gamesmanship from Girardi. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I mean they just they're just so offended that you know they're trying to take away one of their pet um activities that they've been doing all their life on the mound. And now I think it's probably for good reason. I think people have been taking it too far. Pitchers have always tried to cheat from day one uh when baseball started you know, in the Mesozoic era with the dinosaurs, that's how old baseball is. <laughs> they've been, yeah, just, they've been doctoring time, the balls yeah. since. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're, they're just freaking out. Well, you know, big data, as much as I want to agree with you, I do think baseball does need a change of pace. Like I, I do believe that, you know, they need to implement like a couple of years ago, they were talking about how they were going to have a time clock, uh, you know, for the pitchers to pitch within a certain amount of time. That one, I, I didn't mind so much, but to automatically implement a rule where they're going to, where the umpire will literally basically check you like you're going to a nightclub, pat you down to make sure that you're not somehow harboring some sort of fluid on your body. I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous. For, for a game that's harbored and respected for its traditions, this is completely weird. I, I, I'm totally against it. I think this is dumb. And here, here, here's the answer to the question. It's very simple. A couple of years ago, you had a steroid problem. Let the steroids back in. It's tacky ball versus steroid ball. We'll find out who the best <laughs> player is at the end. That's it. Done. End of the day. That's, that's what it is. I love we're it. Gonna have, we're going to have a three-armed player one day. <laughs> yeah probably maybe and you know what? what's wrong with that big data there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> from there let's jump over to the nba my friend it is down to the final four but we got to talk about how we got to the final four this is so crazy can we please start with the brooklyn nets and the milwaukee bucks your man right here, the Maverick, he called it out. I said it out loud. I said, hey, if the Bucks play a little bit of defense, they're going to win game seven. They got this. No problem. All they got to do is play a little bit of defense. When I said let's play a little defense, I didn't mean Kevin Durant stepping on the three-point line as that's your defensive player of the year because big Kevin Durant's foot steps on the three-point line. Everyone thought it was game. It wasn't. It was only a two uh, two pointer, which ends up going into overtime, and Milwaukee finally puts the nail in the coffin. Brooklyn is out. Milwaukee moves on. Big data. Give me the rundown. What happened in Game Seven? Survival of the fittest. Basically, we had, you know, another one of the top performances of Kevin Durant's career. I mean, he was just a one man show. Uh, you know, I had one-legged James Harden trying to help out, who actually, I mean, for one leg to score 22 points in a game seven of a semifinal playoff contest is pretty impressive. That means you're you're a pretty good player. 
you know, Yanis brought it with his 40 points. Uh, you know, it was, it was a spectacular uh, performance, uh, especially by Durant. Um, what I think is the key thing was, you know, once we got to the overtime, I believe the Nets only scored two points uh, for the longest time. I, I can't remember if they got a couple at the very end, but uh, they were just shot. I mean, that game, they had enough to get through game seven. And then once they got to overtime, they just completely ran out of gas. Uh, the Bucks were running on empty also. Like they barely had enough left. And we're talking the Bucks had their full team. Uh, you know, they were only missing. DiVincenzo is a bench player for them. You know, obviously the Nets have a lame Harden and no Kyrie. Uh, I just, even though they lost, it elevated uh, Durant in my mind. Like, don't forget, this is his first season back since an Achilles injury. What he did this year was just insanity, especially at his age, at his height. You know, multiple career-threatening injuries. And to put on a performance like this, uh, uh, that's what I'll remember from the series. And I'll remember that Milwaukee just by the slimmest of margins and not playing that great of basketball still made it through. Yeah, man. It was a fun series to watch. It did go to game seven. I think a lot of people probably predicted that, but we'll, we'll put that, we'll chalk that down as a win for us because we also said game seven. So Milwaukee now needs somebody in the Eastern conference finals to play against well, it's got to be the number one seed in Philadelphia 76ers, right? Well, not so much. Last week on this very podcast, I may have accidentally jinxed the 76ers. They were up by 26 at some time. Actually, I saw a stat big data. You'd like to hear this. Third quarter with two minutes left. They were up by 26. They had a 99. I believe it was a 99.7% chance of winning that game. Wow. This very, uh, at this very podcast, I said, hey, me and you were bantering back and forth. I go, well, take a look at the score. They're up by 24. They're going to be fine. And before we even ended the podcast, which usually run about 30 minutes long, the Atlanta Hawks, led by their man, Trey Young, said, no, we're here to play. We heard you guys all bashing us. Not just you guys. Everyone's been bashing us. They pull it off. But here's the thing. Was it the 76ers and Ben Simmons and Doc Rivers that lost this game? Or was it Atlanta that did the unthinkable and knocked off the number one seed 76ers at home? First of all, I want you to take back that blasphemy saying that Trey Young led them to the victory. It was Kevin Huerta. <laughs> you know what? Duly noted, you're absolutely right. He was magic that night. Yes. 29 right. points. Uh, he actually took the minutes of our main guy. Yes. Bogdan Bogdanovich was having a tough night. Werder was on fire. He played down the stretch instead of Bogdan. He got them a bunch of big baskets while Trey Young was struggling for uh, two of 17 from the first three quarters. Trey made some big shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's that's legit. That's for sure. But they wouldn't have been there without the man from Maryland, the redhead Huerter. What a performance! He was just uh, he was just roasting the 76ers repeatedly. Uh, the Sixers they couldn't play their shooter for Kormats. Uh, 
Uh, you know, Danny Green obviously was out for them as well. Uh, but yeah, they just kept going back to Huerta and the man with the red hair delivered. The red rocket, if you will. I know that the Toronto Raptors <laughs> had one a couple of years ago, but the new red rocket of the NBA. <laughs> yes, I mean, he, he was unstoppable. You're absolutely right. But you know what? I think, don't you think that maybe the Trey Young factor, people are always so worried about him. And, you know, Hoyer did what he needed to do at the end of the day. But what about the Ben Simmons situation? Everyone's talking about how he had that opportunity to dunk it or put up an easy layup to tie the game. He ends up passing the ball. Uh, Player X gets fouled, goes to the free throw, misses, and that was the collapse going forward. Do you believe in that theory? And now everyone's calling for Ben Simmons to get out of Philly. So, yeah, player X, Matthias Tybold, he's the uh, second-year player. I mean, there is something mental going on with Ben Simmons. You know, we've seen him dominate. uh, Even without being able to shoot the basketball, he's the number one uh, assist man in the NBA for giving out three-point shots to his teammates. He's number one in the league. It's not even close, and that's with people backing off of him because he can't shoot, uh, but he still typically has you know, a hugely impactful game. I mean, he's awesome on defense anyway, regardless of how his offense is going. He's you know, top five defensive player in the league, but there's something mental going on with him. He, you know, a report came out, Stephen A. Smith was saying one of his sources said that uh, he just surrounds himself with his family mm-hmm. and that uh, they all baby him. So he hasn't learned anything. I mean, it's he, there's something mental for sure. I mean, he's had big series before. Like, I mean, uh, you know, a couple years ago when they lost the crazy Kawhi bounce game to the Raptors, he had an excellent series against the Raptors. He was a problem. Uh, obviously, last year in the playoffs, he was hurt. He didn't play and the Sixers went out right away. But this year, I mean... For the Sixers, trust the process. You know, what, number one pick Ben Simmons, number three pick Joel Embiid, uh, the trades that they made. You know, taking Markel Fultz instead of Jason Tatum and giving the Celtics a draft pick for it. All these different things uh, just adds up to nothing. Now the process has failed. Uh, the Sixers are a mess. Uh, and Bede's a bit of a head case. Simmons is obviously a head case. Uh, you know, they replaced the coach last year. They brought in Doc. Nothing's changed. They're uh, just a team that uh, can crumble. They Typically, they've been having an excellent home record and an awful road record. And this year, you know, in the playoffs, I mean, game seven at home, they had the Philly crowd back. And to lose again to the Hawks is just... It's just they, it should be studied. There should be a, a study commission from a number of these fine Philadelphia universities like Villanova, et cetera, and they should study this because this is uh, a moment in human history on bad uh, psychology. Well, you know what? Speaking of of that, and well said, Mister Big Data. So that sets up Atlanta versus Milwaukee. Game one is tonight, actually. Just ended two seconds ago. Ladies and gentlemen, Atlanta just can't figure out who they are because they won again. 116-113, our boy Trey Young this time. 
he was going to be a factor. 48 points, seven rebounds, 11 assists on 41 minutes of play. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hawks are not going away. Dominique and and that aura and all that stuff, it's here, man. It's it's Atlanta just won't give up. They're just they keep winning. And Milwaukee just keeps finding a way to look dumb. It's just it just is what it is. And, and you know, yeah. one crazy thing too is you know that Luka Doncic Trey Young trade ain't looking so bad anymore as it did before. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Luca's at home. He's first team All NBA, fine, but I mean Trey is—he's one of the stories of the playoffs so far this oh, year. Absolutely, and and real quick, Milwaukee, uh, Mr. Drew Holiday with thirty-three and Giannis with thirty-four. So, but then there's a guy, Mr. Middleton, fifteen points, and then PJ Tucker. You know what? A couple of years ago, that guy used to be relevant. What happened to PJ Tucker? You know, actually, so PJ Tucker is why I thought the Bucks would be a lot better in the playoffs this year. He, you can take Brooke Lopez out. You can play PJ Tucker at center because mm-hmm. he can at a six seven. He can still guard bigger players, and it gives you just amazing versatility. Uh, but for some reason, it just—it's uh, probably Coach Bud. I don't know how well he's doing it. Uh, using these different, you know, smaller big lineups because you still want to play Brook Lopez. He's still a good player, uh, but they just, even though they change their personnel, they don't seem to play differently. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's it's baffling. Yeah, I have no idea. So the winner out of the East will go on to the uh, NBA Finals, and they need somebody to play against. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the LA Clippers versus the number two Phoenix Suns. Last we left you. We weren't sure. Is Chris Paul going to play? He wasn't able to play in game one, which the Phoenix Suns won. He wasn't able to play in game two, which is one of the best finishes of all time. And Big Data is going to about to tell you. Chris Paul is back for game three. Suns are up two games to nothing. Big Data. Chris Paul is back for game three. Is that huge for Phoenix or is that going to wreck their momentum? And number two, how amazing was that finish uh, in game two in that Clippers game? Yeah, let's start with Chris Paul, and let's throw Kawhi in there too. So obviously Kawhi hasn't played since game four against the Jazz, and and the Clippers have played quite well without him. Uh, Chris Paul seems like he's going to play in game three. Uh, You know, Devin Booker, earlier in his career, he played a lot of point guard for Phoenix. Uh, You can tell he's he's comfortable at the point. Uh, But man, Chris Paul's backup, Cam Payne, Cameron Payne has been playing fantastic. He had 29 points in game two. He was excellent. I think Chris Paul is going to have a hard time actually living up to how ca- well campaign played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they, they really didn't miss a beat in the point guard spot. They had There was a few times in the game where they got a little turnover happy, a little lost. You know, Chris Paul wouldn't let that happen. Uh, but, hey, let's go to the end of the game. Uh, I mean, it was a back-and-forth seesaw battle. Uh, you know, before people kill Paul George for the end of the game, I mean, he made a couple of huge baskets down the stretch uh, each time to give the Clippers a one-point lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was a super controversial play where uh, Pat Beverly knocked the ball out while uh, Booker was dribbling. But on the replay, you could see when you really slowed it down that Booker was the last one to touch the ball. That's not really what the rule's about because all game long, that's just, you know, the defensive guy knocked it out. It's the offense's ball. But in this case, because it was under two minutes and they replayed it, you could see that 
Beverly knocked it out of bounds, but it rolled off of Booker's hand. And, and it was Clipper ball after the review. It was just people were upset. Jeff Van Gundy's going crazy about it. But that's the rule right now. And Paul George uh, gets fouled on the, on the inbounds pass. There's uh, uh, just uh, a few seconds left. And he misses both free throws. In classic playoff P, Paul George style, you can't, you can't rely on the guy no matter how amazing he's been previously. And the Suns get the ball back. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff happening. And, uh, you know, there's a, it goes out of bounds. There's less than a second left. And then let's, let's roll this back a few years. Three years ago, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns Jay Triano, Canadian head coach extraordinaire. Yes. He, he tells his players in training camp, he says, hey, we're going to need this one time. I found something out in the rule book. On an inbounds pass, you can pass the ball above the cylinder of the rim. And because it's a pass, it's not goaltending. You can go up, get it, and dunk it in. And a few weeks later in Phoenix, it was an end-of-game situation. They threw the lob to Tyson Chandler over the rim. He dunked it. Game over. And everyone was going crazy. They're like, goaltending, goaltending. And Jay Triano was like, nope, I got the rule right here, fellas. <laughs> so fast forward to the last game. There's 0.9 seconds left. And the Phoenix Suns use the same play. It was Throw it up. It was- and it was a dunk, and it was game over. You know, Big Data, I got to admit, man, that was one of the coolest finishes of any sport of any time I've ever seen. And, you know, the more I watched it, you know, and we're going to get into Euro uh, Euro soccer in a bit here, but it's kind of like the corner kick. The guy threw up the ball, you know, up in the air. And then in, in soccer, most of the time, these guys want to get the ball as high as you can, kind of put it in the middle, and hopefully somebody can head it in or do something spectacular and put the ball in the net, right? This is not that much different. Like the way he, this was fully designed. You could tell because the way uh, um, Aiden ran to the court, he kind of juked, ran to the the rim, grabbed the ball, and and just put it in the net and dunked it. It was it was beautiful, man. And and you know what? Watch out! This is going to be the new play, the end games. This has just got to be it. Yeah, there there's no other way around it. That was fun. I'll man. point out really one fun. more thing too that uh, Ivaka Zubac, the center of the uh, LA Clippers who typically wouldn't be playing, you know, Serge Ibaka's out. Uh, but Morris was, I think he was having a bit of a hard time with Aiton, so they wanted a bigger player in. And for whatever reason, he stuck close to Aiton in the key there because there wasn't much time left. Uh, you know, everyone thought they were trying to get Devin Booker the ball, but for some reason, he stuck really close with Aiton. And Booker came around and just set a beautiful screen really leveled uh, Zubac, and that's what that's what got Aiton open. So this is some little nuance in the play. It was just, it was just fascinating. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Well well said. Well, you know what? It looks like Phoenix. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say anything because I've learned my lesson. I'm just going to shut my mouth. I'm not going to jinx any team. I'm biased. I want to <laughs> be biased here. Unless it's a Packers game, I'm going to be biased here. I'll just say – what a great way for Phoenix to be up two games to nothing. Fun and exciting. And hey, Chris, uh, George, uh, uh, Paul George, what have you done for me lately? You might have tied the game, got on by one, but it's all about the free throws, man. They're easy shots. That's why they're called free throws. 
<laughs> Three, he throws. That's it, man. That's all I'm gonna say. But that Where, wasn't all. That wasn't all on that, this it, game two. Not that. There's it, more. That big data, big data. That's oh well. Are you saying there's more to what that particular game, or which one are you saying? I'm just saying at, at halftime we had the NBA draft lottery. Big data. You know, listen. This is the whole thing about the lottery. Okay. I, I'm all about they should start playing poker. Are you with me on this? This is how they should do it. This whole like picking out of envelopes and some accounting firm was chosen to randomly decide who it is. I don't want to. I want poker games, but go on. I digress. I digress. I get a little upset sometimes. Go so, I mean, the Pistons got the number one pick. They they won the lottery. Uh, but a few fascinating things happened. I mean, the Pistons moving up wasn't, wasn't too crazy. I mean, it was good luck from them. The funniest thing, though, was was the Houston Rockets. So if the Houston Rockets were in the fourth slot, I believe, mm-hmm. they would have had to swap picks in the uh, with the OKC Thunder as part of the uh, Russell Westbrook trade. That's right. And obviously Russell Westbrook isn't even on their team anymore. Uh, but terrible luck from OKC. Uh, Houston popped up into number two there. So th- they could have got – so now they have the number two pick – if it had gone the other way for them, OKC would have had the number two pick, and the only pick they would have had in the first round would have been, uh, I believe, number eighteen. For a rebuilding de- team, that would have been really bad. So Houston got really lucky, uh, and the reason OKC was in this situation was on the last day of the year, the Orlando Magic had lost their final game, and they were they were basically tied with OKC for that uh, fourth and fifth spot in the in the uh, in the lottery, and OKC played the Clippers with none of the Clippers starters playing. And a gentleman whose nickname on the team OKC is he's a 6'9 kind of point guard. His name's they call him Poku. Mm-hmm. He drilled a step back three to win the game against this Clippers team. And everyone thought it was okay. The Clippers were trying to lose because they didn't want to be on the same bra- side of the bracket as the Lakers, which was true. Yeah. But absolutely. So they didn't play anybody, but neither did the Thunder didn't have anybody playing. They tanked the whole season. So anyway, Poku hit the step back three. The Thunder won the game. They ended up getting into uh, a coin flip with the Magic, which I believe uh, they lost, and the Magic were ahead of them in in, uh, fifth place, and they went to sixth place. So very easily, without that shot, OKC could have been had the second overall pick. Instead, they have the sixth. Uh, Orlando actually has the fifth and the eighth pick, the eighth pick being from the trade they made with the Bulls for Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Golden State, number seven and number 14. So that's kind of kind of interesting that they, they got the, the two picks there from a trade as well. So, um, yeah, and the other one was the Toronto Raptors moved up from seventh to fourth. So they're, they're kind of in the running there too. Mm, well, very good. You know what? I, I I do like the fact that they do that during the halftime. I will say that. But a game of poker, I'm telling you, I'm <laughs> telling you, there's something to be said here. I like it. Love it. I like it too. From there, let's let's talk about a little bit of the Euro that's going on, the Euro Championships. The fi- the the sweet Euro 16, as I call it, has been selected. 
big data. I'll go through the teams uh, that are selected that are, are going to be playing each other this coming weekend. You tell me who you like, and uh, let's uh, try to get it down to the Elite Eight. Here we go. Or the Elite Euro Eight, if we will. It's Italy versus Austria. Who do you like there? You know, I mean, I'm surprised Austria got through. Um, I'm sure they're a fine squad. Uh, but most of the time I was concentrating on the on the Italy games. I think the Italians look really good, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably an easy victory for the Azzurri. The Azzurri, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm with the Azzurri on this one. It's Wales versus Denmark, everyone's favorite team. Yeah, I mean they both have some pretty strong backing. Uh, Wales actually very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe how the Danish came back after all that and made the next round. They may be the team of destiny. I am not going against the heart attack team. Give me the Danish. Give you the, I'm with you, buddy. I couldn't agree more. I mean, they, they literally came back from the dead. It's Netherlands versus the Czech Republic. This one might have a little upset written on it. Well, I think this is, this is one of the big mismatches because so the Czech Republic and I believe Portugal were the, the two third place teams in their groups to to make it through. Uh, so the Czechs just barely got in by the slimmest of margins. Uh, the Dutch are a scoring machine as usual. Highlight City. Uh, I'm gonna say it's gonna be tough for the Czechs to compete. I, I think it's pretty heavy favorites that that the Dutch are gonna win. Fair enough. Um, every college student's favorite brand, uh, IKEA. It's Sweden versus Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I, shoot, I forgot the Ukrainian coach's name. He was like one of the best players in the world for many, many years. Uh, you know, they're they're an impressive squad, but I mean, other than the fact that IKEA furniture takes so long to put together, um, I would actually just for that I'll go against the Swiss uh, Swedish. I'm going to say because of IKEA furniture, I'm going to give it to Ukraine. Yeah, I'm with you. You know what, Sweden? A couple of more. Yeah. You know what? I'm not even going to get into it. I don't even want to say it because the bookshelf, <laughs> it's not as sturdy as I thought it was going to be. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> it's my team, the team of destiny, the real team of destiny, the number one ranked Belgian against Portugal. See, hey, Euro, just a little FYI. When you set these up, don't make the best teams play each other. Just a little FYI. I'm just throwing it out there just uh, for dramatic purpose, if you will. It's Belgium this is, versus Portugal. <laughs> this is the classic game. I'll give you a little NCAA basketball spin, which I know you'll love, Maverick. Mm. This is Let like the year. <laughs> is Gonzaga in this uh, example? Not in this one. Not in uh, this one. Surprise. <laughs> go on. Well, let's go back to bet on yourself. Fred Van Vliet when he was in college. Oh. Wichita State. Yes. Uh, undefeated, heading into the NCAA tournament. One seed. But who do they draw in the second round? An underseeded. Eight seed Kentucky Wildcats, and, and they're sitting there like this is like a championship game <laughs> happening in the second round. What the heck is going on here? That's exactly what you got to yes. think of in this matchup. If you're the Belgians right now, you are livid that you have oh. to play a top team in the round of 16. Not just a top team, big data. Remember the defending champions from 2016, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say, let's go upset city here. Those Portuguese are they're, they're a pretty oh, tough a little, team. 
A little Ronaldo action there. Okay. It's Croatia versus Spain. What do you like over there? Man, I saw uh, the Croatia, Croatia's greatest player of all time, Luka Modric. He's, this goal he scored for the third goal in the game was it was just phenomenal. He was going one way and he kicked it with his outside of his foot into the top corner. Uh, it was just he's just an amazing, amazing player. Having said that, the Spanish looked incredible today, scoring five goals. I'm gonna say the Spaniards take it. I'm going to go with you as well. It's like that Ricky Vaughn moment in Major League. Give them the heater, Ricky. It's, <laughs> it, when the team's hot, give them the hot team. It's Spain. I agree. It's France versus the Swiss. This one's just controversial because they, they seem to be like brothers. So I kind of feel bad that they're playing each other. It's France versus the Swiss. It's going to be a very cordial game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's going to be a lot of yeah. please and thank yous, a lot of sorries. <laughs> uh, but, right. I mean... The French probably have the best player in the tournament, uh, Kylian Mbappe. They just have a they have Griezmann. They have a, a bunch of amazing players, and I think it's going to be a little too much for the Swiss. I love that. It's going to be. A good, I'm with you, man. I'm with France. Finally, it's another great game. It's England versus Germany. Talk about like two major games in one uh, Sweet Sixteen. Big data, English or Germany. Now this is. Uh, going to be a barn burner. We're talking a German team that seems to have found their footing offensively. Uh, defensively, still a little shaky, which is very strange for them. Uh, the English, I mean, they've been way more talented than their competition so far. Uh, they don't seem to be clicking on all cylinders. I'm going to say Das Verboten. The Germans take it. You know what? I, I chose the Germans to at least get to this level. I'm actually kind of surprised because Portugal, France, and Germany got in, which is nice. I like being right. But World War II showed me that, hey, you got to go with England. They just have the history. They got history behind them. I'm going to take the English. <laughs> I just feel like the, it just makes more sense that way. There it is. There's your sweet Euro 16 next week. We'll see how well we did. I kept the list. I, I wrote it all down here, Big Data. Let's find out. If your if your analytical skills work in this uh, in this situation, I'm I'm excited to find out. I want a soccer stat like like VORP in baseball. I want something like that. <laughs> I want like a soccer version of of B War. You know what? I guarantee you, you could find it. I mean, they do have like possession times and all that fun stat to look at, and one shot on net each week or whatever it is that works out in their case. But hey, we'll figure it out. For from there, ladies and gentlemen, we go to everyone's favorite. I told you, pull up a stool, pick a, you know, call your wife downstairs, call your buddy from down the street, grab a drink. It's time for great debate. Here we go. So we started at the beginning of this podcast. We talked about the whole thing with baseball, about the new rule that's being implemented. So here's the big thing. Joe Girardi, manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, went out and called Max Scheiser three times to the umps. He said, hey, I'm check this guy out. I don't know what's going on. He's, he looks, he looks shady. I don't like it to me. It's an unwritten rule, but I mean, it's a brand new rule. He took advantage of it. So here's the question. Was Joe Girardi fair ball or foul ball when he called the umpires to check on Max Scheiser three times the first day that this rule has been implemented in major league baseball. 
Well, my take on this is how come every manager didn't try this on the first day yesterday? How come Joe Girardi is the only manager trying to win? Yes, you have to take advantage of the rules. There's so many unwritten rules in baseball. Who really cares? I like it. I think he did the right thing. And you know Scherzer has been doctoring that ball for 10 years now. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa, watch your mouth, watch your mouth. This guy is Cy Young, baby. Listen, the main reason I believe, and I'm on the opposite end, obviously, of this one with you, is simply this, that you know what's going to happen next game? The other the other managers are going to collaborate. They're going to call each other, text each other probably. And they're going to be like, hey, let's teach Joe a lesson. And they're going to call the Phillies pitcher three, four times in a game. And he's going to do it. This is only all he did was start a fight. You know better than me. You being my player, I'll be your player. You said my pitcher's got tacky stuff on his belt. Your pitcher's got that. This is going to take what, what we thought was going to maybe fast make the game a little bit faster. It's going to make it even slower. And you know what? All Joe Girardi showed me that he's the Karen of baseball. He's the Karen of baseball. That's what he showed me. There it is. <laughs> I like that, actually. Okay, you win. I'll give you that one. All right. I got it. Fair enough. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the Full Spectrum Podcast, episode 40, Big Data. Big news. Big news in the horn. It's a huge milestone. Thank you to all the dedicated listeners and downloaders. We'll see you again next week. See you later, guys. Have a good one. Big Data's not wrong. The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com. Take that for data. Run out of the meatloaf!